Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. I love how he does that, Holy Spirit. You know, he takes things of Jesus and just makes them real to us as individuals. And you think about it, really that's how Jesus how he operated when he was here on the earth. You know, that's why he told such, you know, stories all the time. He was telling stories. And he'd tell them in different ways. And he'd tell them in ways that could relate to the people he was talking to, you know? Dealing with fishermen, what'd he talk about? He talked about catching fish. You know, he's out in the, the countryside dealing with, with farmers probably. He talked about planting seed. Because he knows your life and he knows what makes you tick, and he'll find the stream to get into your life and just reveal himself to you. It's so cool. I mean, you know, sometimes things I, you know, maybe say or hear, hear people say, they maybe don't, don't connect with me as much, but then other people, it's just what they need. It's because Jesus loves you. You know, I think about these compassion kids that are, are sponsored through our body even, and even Kids Church has a, has a little girl that they sponsor. But, I mean, Jesus is real to each one. he make himself known to each one. All right, let's get on with the message. Hebrews chapter 12. We are talking about being bought back. Can you say bought back? Aren't you glad that you are bought back? What does it mean to be bought back? It means that you've been set free from the, the grip of the world, the grip of Satan, you know, the grip of sin. You've been set free. You've been purchased. You've been bought back by what Jesus did for you. You know, I feel like we're going to basics when we talk about this, but, you know, I'm a basic kind of guy, and I feel like this is foundational stuff that will keep you walking straight, you know, as we go through this journey in, in, on the earth. But in Hebrews chapter 12, let's start here kind of a, a key inspiration as I was meditating upon uh, this series in the beginning. It says that here in Hebrews 12, since we are surrounded about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. So you know what? We need to have a goal. We need to run our race. We need to get rid of things that hinder. We need to get rid of things that are distractions from us and set our eyes on Jesus and run our race. That's what the author of Hebrews is telling us. He says, man, don't get tangled up in sin. Don't get tangled up with things that are going to weigh you down in this life. But be free and run. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And it says this, it says, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who is? Jesus is. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me stop here and say this. This is the key. This is the part that struck me, is this, this very thing. It says that for the joy that was set before him, he went through the cross. He went through the death, the burial, and thank God, the resurrection. But it was the joy that was set before him. What was that joy? Was it just like, well, man, I'm going to party on the other side of this. It'll be great. No, you're the joy. You are the, say, I'm the joy. Jesus looked beyond his present circumstances and saw you and I, and he said, worth it, worth it. 
I'm moving forward in this plan. I don't really want to go ahead with this plan. I mean, it's not a great thing. I mean, going to the cross is not fun in any way, shape, or form. But I'm telling you what, there's something even greater, and it's the joy I see before me. It's you and I. It's, it's us. It's people. It's human beings that God loves. And Jesus said, you're worth it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, another verse just foundational for this series, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So why is that foundational? Why is that part of the series? I like the way it sounds. I like this. Just let, let this just kind of roll around in your head and your heart for a minute. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding. You know, that's, that's God's plan for us. Being steadfast, immovable, not being flaky. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding. You know, there's some things that, that, that are, are foundational that help us walk this life steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And knowing what Jesus did for us is one of those things. It's something that sets us on solid ground. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. I'll read it here. It says, knowing that you're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Jesus' blood redeemed us from sin, from sickness, from poverty, from, from an aimless lifestyle. From the grip of the devil. Jesus' blood is like the receipt in your hand for your freedom. Do you hear me today? It's like the receipt. And this is why we're talking about it because you've got to go check your receipt every now and then. You know, have you ever, I've had this happen to me. You know, I, I've been in a store, you know, and maybe it was, uh, uh, We'll just say for, for fun it was at Walmart because I like to pick on Walmart. We have so many Walmart peeps here. But, you know, um, this may, it wasn't at Walmart, though, but we'll say it was. And I'm walking out the door. I've just purchased my, my, my things, and I'm walking out the door, and what happens? It goes beep, beep, beep. And people come running, you know, from every direction. Why is it? Because someone is leaving the store with stuff that they haven't paid for. Isn't, is that what would happen? I used to work at a grocery store in, in North Minneapolis when I was in high school. And I'm telling you what, it was a rough neighborhood. You know, people, <laughs> there's all kinds of things that happened. But in this grocery store, they actually hired private eyes to, uh, for like two weeks. They, they, they hung back in the grocery store upstairs in the rafters, and they peered out over the, the aisles. And they actually, you know, I was a carryout. So I'd see them, they'd run from the back, and they'd, they actually, a few times they tackled people. They did. They did. They tackled some people, stealing, like, all kinds of meat and all kinds of things, you know. And, and uh, they did it for, like, two weeks, and then I guess the crime stopped for a while. But anyway, 
So, so back to my story, you know, like just say you're in Walmart and you're walking out the door and it goes beep, 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 and they'd be so kind there, you know, they'd probably just walk up to you, excuse me, sir, you're beeping. Did you know you're beeping? And, and, and you know, what would they want to do? They'd want to check your receipt. Now, if they came up to me and I'm beeping, it wouldn't do any good to look at him and say, well, sir, I feel like everything is paid for. I feel like I'm a really good person. I feel like, I feel like, you know what? I feel like I go to church every Sunday. Did you know that, sir? I go to church every Sunday and even prayer meeting. The guy would be sitting there, sir, could I, could I please see your receipt? You see, when, when, when the opposition comes to you, not that Walmart's the opposition, <laughs> but when any, any opposing force comes to you, it isn't going to do you any good to tell them how you feel, you know? I mean, I'm not knocking feelings. I like to feel good. I mean, don't we all like to feel good? But in this case, your feelings have nothing to do with it. How'd you like to get on an airplane someday? You're sitting back in your seat. You're getting ready to take off. They're right at the point where they tell you to shut off your, your, your iPhone and, and listen to the stewardess go through her routine. And then the pilot comes on the air and says, by the way, we'll be flying at 10,000 feet today. And I just want you to know, I'm not going to watch the controls. We're going to just fly the way I feel. <laughs> How many would want to get off right then? They'd say, take me off, take me off. They'd be run for the door. Feelings are great, but there's some things that they can't weigh in on. And, and, and when it comes to, to uh, getting through that door with the beeper going, when the beeper's going off, it isn't how you feel, but it's the receipt in your hand. And some days you wake up, I mean, some days you can get up and feel like, man, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. Those are one of those days when you can't go by how you feel. You go to your receipt. You, go, you hold your receipt up and say, I'm not going by how I feel, but I see my receipt here. I've been paid for. I've been bought back by the precious blood of Jesus. Not by, by goats and calves and gold and silver and all kinds of other things. It might be cool. Thank God for cows. Where's Denise? Anyway, but, but, but uh, man, something that, that supersedes it all. Jesus' very own blood. Sometimes I think that, that in our culture, we can take lightly the, the great gift of salvation. The, we could call it this. We call it a covenant. Do you know that word covenant? You know, it loses meaning in our culture, sad to say. But a covenant is like an unbreakable binding agreement. Okay? It isn't a flippant thing. A covenant carries weight. I want to talk a little about it this morning. Covenants, you know, are, are, are practiced in different groups. Frankly, the mafia is like a covenant. You know, you ever watch The Godfather? Marlon Brando? How'd he do that? Well, you know, anyway. anyway. <laughs> he usually sat on a chair. He says, I can make you an offer you can't, you can't refuse or something, you know. But, but, you know, those guys were in covenant. They just couldn't leave the pack. And, and go, go hang out, you know, at, at, at McDonald's or something, you know? No. I mean, they were bound by an agreement. They were in a covenant that was unbreakable. You know, I mean, we understand those things. 
Um, covenants are real. Hebrews 9.22, did I skip anything here? Let me just say this. The word covenant, what it means, if you're going to go back to the original Hebrew meaning, which the, the Old Testament was, was, you know, penned in Hebrew, and uh, uh, if you went back to that, the Hebrew in this, the word covenant means to cut. means to cut. Isn't that something? means to cut. Why is it? Because covenants were often sealed with blood. Okay? Oh, pastor, you're talking about this on a Sunday morning? Yeah, I'm talking about it on a Sunday morning. Okay? I'm talking about it because sometimes I just find myself saying things like, I plead the blood over them. And people might look at me and say, what in the world is he talking about blood? Is he in a gang or what? You know? No, I'm talking about my covenant. What I'm doing is I'm holding up my receipt and I'm saying, listen, this is, I'm standing here not because I'm a good guy. Let's, boy, don't look at your own self. I'm standing here not because I've done this or I haven't done that. I'm standing here because of Jesus. I'm standing here because of what he did for me. I'm standing here free, you know, because Jesus loves me and he paid for my salvation with his very own blood. Blood carries weight. Blood is your receipt. Huh. Hebrews chapter uh, 9 and verse 22. Um, it says, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Okay? So blood had to be spilled for our forgiveness for remission of our sins okay and and uh my goodness that's like such a it's a big deal but jesus paid the price for us jesus bought us back jesus saw you and i and said yes they're worth it i'm gonna do what it takes move heaven and earth for them there's a story i want to share relating to covenant some of you guys know this story some may not but it's a story of Stanley uh, Livingston and, and uh, Dr. Livingston here. Um, there, was, there was two guys, Stanley and Livingston. Now, i got to look at my notes because I don't know about you, but I get the guys mixed up sometimes. i got Stanley being Livingston and Livingston being Stanley. But anyway, uh, there's these two guys. Actually, David Livingston is the first one. Now, he was a, a celebrated missionary explorer. What does that mean? Missionary explorer. Sounds like Indiana Jones to me. He probably carried a whip. No, he probably didn't carry a whip. I don't know. Anyway, he was a missionary explorer, and he went into Africa on this mission, and he, was, he went off the radar, you know? I'm telling you, they couldn't find him. There was no cell coverage, nothing, and they couldn't locate this guy. Just kidding. Um, and, and uh, so he had been gone for a while, and then there's, now that's, that's David Livingston. The other person in this story is, is uh, Henry Stanley. And, and Stanley was actually a reporter, and he was actually hired to go out and find Livingston, okay? So you had Livingston, and you got Stanley. Livingston's the missionary. He gets lost, and, and Stanley is hired to go and find him. So in his quest to find Dr. Livingston, he sets off in this primitive land, and, and, and he, he's, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not 
from what I've read and what I understand, he wasn't like the big buff Indiana Jones guy, you know, maybe like the other missionary explorer guy what might have been, I don't know. But, but he was out there on a mission, and, and, and what he found is that, that he said that over 50 times he cut covenant with different tribes on his quest to find Dr. Livingston, okay? He says he cut covenant with tribes. Now, why, why would he cut covenant with, with a tribe? Because when he cut covenant with a tribe, here's how it goes. All that he had was theirs. All that they had was his. And, and when it came to authority, when it came to protection, if you messed with him, you messed with the whole tribe. Now, you, you may wonder, well, does that, what's good is that? Well, let me tell you, when you're walking through, you know, these primitive countries and there's people out there that might want to hurt you, it does a whole lot of good to know that you've got a whole tribe coming behind you to defend you. It meant if they went poking around with him, they're poking around with the whole tribe. You know, did you ever have a big brother, and, you know, growing up? I had a big brother. I was so glad I had a big brother who was, seemed pretty tough when you're 10, you know. My goodness. And I, I, I would advertise that at school. I got a big brother. I got a big brother, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's not bad to have a big brother. Well, Stanley had himself a few big brothers. So there are three reasons that people would cut a covenant. One was there was a weaker tribe that would cut with a stronger, and that was for preservation. Two would be a business agreement entering into a partnership. And the third reason was for love and devotion. Can you see where marriage comes into play? It's like a covenant. Marriage is like a covenant. Sometimes it doesn't get treated like that in our day, but the truth of it hasn't changed. Marriage is a covenant. It's a lifelong thing. I tell you what, I got my little covenant partner right there on the front row. She's my baby. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to break a covenant, it actually meant it was like certain death. Okay. You didn't just break a covenant and live. Remember before I said it's like the mafia? It's very true. So covenants just were something you couldn't break. The, the, the ceremony when you'd exchange, uh, when you'd, you'd enter into covenant, uh, there were things that happened like there was exchanging of gifts. There was partaking of wine, and many times there was a drop of each, uh, the blood in, in the wine, and that's how there'd be a blood covenant. Often they would plant a tree or pile up rocks as a memorial of the covenant, and, and uh, again, you'd never break a covenant. Many times when you, they went into these covenants, they would actually have a substitute go through the motions for them. For instance, you know, if Stanley was entering into a covenant, he may not spill his blood, but he would have a representative do it, and it was just as if he did it. Okay? Are you catching? You following me here? What are we talking about? We're talking about being bought back. We're talking about what Jesus did for us. The whole Bible is a book about covenants. Have you ever noticed this? Maybe you're, you're new, but have you noticed that in your Bible it says these things? It says, Old Covenant, New Covenant. Have you ever noticed? Is, is it just me? I've seen that before. Old Covenant, New Covenant. What does that mean? Well, let me just tell you this much. We live in the New Covenant. 
the new covenant. Now, the old covenant's cool. Go look at it because it'll just give you strength for the new one. But I'm telling you what, we live in the new covenant that's based upon Jesus and what he did for us. It's, it's sealed by the blood that he shed. And our receipt is his blood that we live in this new covenant. Do you get it? We've entered into covenant with the Most High God. So, Stanley came across this chieftain, and, and he was a, was a big honcho. You know, is that a word? Anyway, he was a honcho. David Holland makes up words all the time, I tell you. Anyway, so he comes up to this guy, and, and it's, it's brought to him that they want to enter into a covenant agreement. And so he, he, he sends a representative to stand in his place to, to shed some blood. The chieftain sends a representative to stand in his place. They shed some blood. They drink some wine. And they exchange gifts. And, and in the exchanging of gifts, Stanley had an ulcer. And, and he had this goat that was like life sustenance to him. Because he would drink the goat's milk, okay? And, and what did the chieftain want? He wanted the goat. Talk about getting your goat, right? He, he wanted Stanley's goat, and Stanley hesitated. He's like, oh, I can't give this goat. But, but then the, the, the value of having this, this covenant relationship outweighed it. So he, he, he decided finally he'd give the goat, and he thought, well, what am I going to get in return? Well, you know what he got in return? He got basically a stick, a stick, and this is what he thought. He thought, well, I gave him my goat, and I'm getting a stick. It had some copper wound around the top of it. What he didn't realize at the time is that everywhere he went after that, when people saw him carry that stick with the little copper wound around the top of it, they'd give him reverence. They held back. They said, wow, this guy is in covenant with that chieftain. I'm leaving him alone. You see, that stick was more than a stick. It was a sign of authority. It was a sign of, of, of power. And everywhere he went, that power, that authority was shown by him holding that stick. We have a covenant with Jesus, with the Most High. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, it says, But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered into the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Can you say this? Say once and for all. Jesus paid the price once and for all. Now, I mentioned the Bible is a book of covenant. There's the Old Covenant. Sometimes it's called the Old Testament. And then there's the New Covenant, sometimes called the New Testament. In the Old Covenant, people gave sacrifices continually. And, you know, go read Leviticus if you want to. And, 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 and you know, do it. You know, it's good sometime to read it. It's not my favorite book. Can I be real? I don't spend most of my life in Leviticus. I have read it several times. But, uh, you know, I'll be real with you. Spend more time in the New Covenant. You know, that's the one we live in today. 
You know, and when you read the Old Covenant, read it in light of the New. So in the Old Covenant, you know, they would make sacrifices for sin on a regular basis. You know, they'd bring the, the lamb, they'd bring the bull, they'd bring the goat, and they'd make sacrifices because, you know what, it never ended. It was never enough. If they lived a thousand years, they'd have to continue to sacrifice goats and turtle doves and, and all these kinds of things to keep themselves right before God. But in this covenant that you and I live in today, the new covenant that's based upon Jesus and what he did once for all, once for all, he paid the price once for all. We don't have to continue to pay it over and over year after year. Jesus did it once for all. Um, for if the blood of bulls and goats, I'm going to finish reading this, and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? I love that. Jesus' blood is so powerful. I mean, I mean it changes you. You're a new creation in him, but I love what it says. It cleanses your conscience. <laughs> Sometimes you can become a new creature, and thank God I'm new on the inside, but you can walk around with a woe is me attitude because you're laden down with guilt and shame. But Jesus' blood is so powerful that it goes into the deepest parts of you, and it's there to cleanse even your conscience. Wow. My, my, my. Well, I'm going to refer to this. I'm not going to read this, but I'm, uh, many of you have, have some knowledge of this already, but I'm just going to bring it into relationship to what we're talking about today. You'll find it in Exodus 12, uh, and I had down, I was going to read 3 through 11, but what it is is it's an account of the, the first Passover, okay? Has anybody ever read that before? Has anybody ever seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston? You know, the beard and all that stuff, so cool. Man, Duck Dynasty, nothing on Charlton Heston. That guy had a beard, man, that was number one. Anyway, so, so uh, anyway, John isn't even here, and I got off on beards. But anyway, so, so in, the, in this, this portion of Scripture, it gives an account of, of the first Passover. And if you remember it, the children of Israel were being held by the Egyptians, and they were in bondage, and they were slaves, and they had it rough. And Moses was raised up to become the deliverer, the, the one that would lead them out of captivity into what God called the promised land. And, and in this whole series of events there were many plagues that came to kind of shake the Egyptians to let the Israelites go and then the final one was the death of the firstborn if you remember that and it was like the the death angel passed through and the firstborn of every family died but what did God have them do he had them put the blood of a lamb over the doorpost and the sides and everyone in that house was spared Remember that? I guess you, you're with me on that? You remember that story? Remember, as death passed by, when, when the blood was applied over the door and over the side post, death passed by, and people lived. Can I tell you something? That was only a type and a shadow 
of what Jesus did for you and I. If a type and a shadow preserved a household and kept death from coming in, how much more will the blood of Jesus work for us? Now, in those days, they applied the blood, you know, with, with, a, with hyssop and a, a brush upon the doorposts. But you and I apply it with our hearts and with our mouths, okay? We hold up that blood over our lives. And I'm telling you what, it's protection. It's protection. It's protection from the enemy. I'm talking about things that are foundational. I'm talking about things that in this world we live will keep you steady and grounded. The blood of Jesus, I'm telling you what, it speaks over your life today. I'm going to close with this because we can do that and we'll come back. You know, I, I will talk about these things for a while and, and I believe we'll have clarity I believe we'll have clarity. I've heard testimonies of people that just finally their hearts grab hold of the power and the blood and, 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 and their covenant with Jesus. That's what it's really about. It's really about your relationship, your, 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 your connection with him. You need to know it's secure. You need to know it's not based on how you feel. You need to know it's not based on what you do, did, didn't do, whatever. It's based on him. Have faith in that. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.